about 12 years ago, uh, my life was at a very, very dark, dark and emotional uh, state. And um, I was suffering from anxiety, uh, depression, anything, any little thing will always bring me down. Uh, there was a point in my life that I didn't want to know anything about Jesus. I looked up at God and I said, you don't exist. A couple of months back, my wife, before I gave my life to Jesus Christ, my wife was trying to, you know, go to church and uh, and do good, like start change, trying to change her life. And, you know, in my, in my personal, I mean, she's never told me, but I, I really feel like she was trying to get to me or... or or try to see if she if she thinks she's the one that needs to make the move to like take me to church, like push me into church so I can, you know, change. Uh, I was called I was called to do a job on a truck. And I usually have my phone and I listen I listen to my music. You know, you know, it talks about money, drugs, women, you know, nothing, nothing positive. So I was feeding my spirit nothing but negativity and evil. I was, I, I, I was feeding that anger and anxiety inside of me to the point, you know, I started playing with the Ouija board and, you know, it was, it was just bad. Uh, there was nothing nice of me. I wake up, I hated that I was, I was awake. So I jumped in the truck and I turned on the radio and for some reason, you know, I have a, AM radio stations are not really clear. For some reason, this, that day it was clear as, clear as light. When the pastor said, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know if you're driving or tuning in, but if you're just tired of doing this on your own and you're ready to surrender and give your life to Jesus Christ, please say this prayer with me. As soon as he said that, the Holy Spirit touched me. I started crying like a little baby. I mean, I had to pull over, just cry and cry and cry for a reason. Ah, man, oh, it felt like a long time. But I felt that he took everything. After I got touched by the Holy Spirit, like, man, I need a church. She's like, okay, well, but, but I told her, I need a church where I can feel the good vibe, feel the happiness. I want to feel alive. I want to feel like, man, you know what? I don't want this to end. I want to keep more. Just, you know, come on. It's over already. So... My, my wife was like, I was looking up at churches. Uh, I was looking up churches on Google. And I was typing in, you know, um, live worship churches, stuff like that. And then I send her an image of one. And then she's like, oh, well, my, my friend that I went to high school with, her church is like that. I'm like, what's it called? It's called High Point. Okay, when, uh, when can we go? And she's like, okay, they got service. This is okay. We'll go. First thing, we'll go this weekend. Okay. So as we're driving by, you know, first time we're driving by, and I'm like, I look at the sign. I'm like, it's called Life Point, not High Point. So then, you know, <clears throat> we we come in here, we get greeted by everybody. I started seeing that it's not one of those churches that you got to dress up all with the tuxedo and who got the most expensive shoes and stuff like that. It's like, man, you just come as you are. So I'm like, man, that's awesome. And, you know, everybody showing me love, shaking my hand. And it's just, you know, as soon as I walk up in the door, you know, ain't nobody, you know, there's nobody looking at, you know, staring at me up and down or seeing who it is or, you know, what color am I or, or whatever. It's just straight welcome. 
went in there, started hearing the worship. As soon as I opened the doors, you know, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. This is my church. But one thing I will tell y'all, that through God, there is nothing impossible. And with his snap of fingers, he could change anybody. My name is Gabriel, and this is my story. I'm addicted to that. I just can't get enough of that, man. I love, I love, thank you for doing that. Um, it's not easy to kind of, you know, put your life out there in front of everybody. And this is going, like, live to everybody, you know, so it's like, you know, it's not just here in the room. I mean, there's people watching online, and so thank you for your willingness to, to do that. And uh, it's the heartbeat of LifePoint. Uh, I love what he said about the shoes, you know. I'm so glad you don't have to have fancy shoes. <laughs> I'm like, yep, no, not me, not me. Um, you know, have you, ever, have you ever realized how fortunate, if you're a Jesus follower, have you ever realized how fortunate we are? Like, think about it, seriously, how blessed we are. Like, for those of us, for many of us here in this room, and those of you watching online who are Jesus followers, at some point, someone in your life came to you and told you something about the Lord, right? Uh, whether it was a message that you heard, like you did, uh, whether it was, um, you, you know, I don't know, a, a family member, whether it was a friend that just sat down with you and said, listen, I want to talk to you about something that could potentially change your life forever. It could change the trajectory of your life forever. And in that moment, I don't know if for some of you you can remember that that conversation was significant because it changed not just you, but it's, it has the potential to change your, your kids' lives, your grandkids. And, and so, um, you know, that moment you, you gave your life to Christ, that moment um, the Spirit of Almighty God, the Bible says, comes and takes residence in your heart. And you, you became a child of God, the commander of the universe. You became a child of Him. In that moment... You became a first-time owner of a brand new place in heaven. And like this, your future was secured. Your past was forgiven. And your present got so much better um, because you're not alone anymore. And uh, I know times, at times it may feel like that if you're going through a difficult um, season of your life. But you, regardless of what you're, what you're going through right now, you're not alone. You have the Spirit of Almighty God in you. The Bible says that He is your helper, He's your companion. But what if, what if that moment would have never happened? What if your parents would have never said anything? What if they, what, what if they would have given up on, on, on you as a kid and said, you know what, forget it, you know, you're too... You know, it's just too much trouble, too much, too much of a hassle. What if that friend wouldn't have cared? What if that preacher would have given up and you would have never heard that, that message on the radio? Um, what if the gospel wouldn't have been communicated in a simple, in simple way, simple terms? The question that I want us to begin with today is this. Let's put it on the screen. Where would you be today without the gospel i want you to take a moment and I, I get it not everybody in this room not everybody watching is a jesus follower some of you you have questions and it's all good i'm glad i love people who have questions 
um, because it, 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 it makes it more real. And you don't have to believe what we believe in order for us to love on you, okay? So let's just kind of start right there. Um, but where, for those of you who are Jesus followers, where would you be, where would you be today if nobody had told you, if nobody, if the gospel, if, if you didn't have the gospel? Well, based on what scripture says, Bible says that if you're without Christ, um, your sins, um, which we all have, there's no, no, nobody perfect here, the only one that gets 100 is Jesus, Bible says your sins would separate you from a good God, a, a, a perfect God, a righteous God, a, a God who's madly in love with you, but who just simply, because of his very nature, cannot mix himself with sin. That's why, that's why he sends his son, right? He's the mediator. He's the, he was man. He's also God. And, and so he's kind of the bridge to the Father. But the Bible, if you study Scripture, if you study Scripture, you'll realize that without the gospel, we would be on our own, like no help. We would face death, the reality of death, like many people in the world today, without any hope, without the certainty of heaven. And we would carry the heaviness, we would carry the, the guilt and the shame and the condemnation of sin. That's what the Bible says. That's where you would be. And sadly, truth is that most people in the world today, that's what they're facing. And you think you have a hard, I promise you, you have it, like, it's nowhere remotely as hard if you were trying to do life without your Savior. And so, um, and that's the sad, the sad thing is that this Christmas, most people will, that's the state in which they will celebrate Christmas. Christmas is, it's a, it's just a thing that we do, you know, we exchange gifts and we hang out with our family, we eat a good meal, but there's no, there, the, the, there's no hope. Because our hope is in Jesus Christ. He is the way to the Father. And so I want to preach a message today entitled, A Heart for God. You know, we're doing this, this whole Heart for the House initiative. Well, today the title is, the title of the message is, A Heart for God, A Vision for the World. And we're in Luke 24, verse 45. Luke chapter 24, verse 45. Let's put it up on the screen. It says this, Then Jesus opened their minds so they could understand Scripture. I want you to get the significance of the verses that we're about to read, okay? It says, the Bible says that Jesus opened their minds. He is about to say something so special to them. He's about to, he, he, he wants them to be, he wants their mind to be so sharp, so clear, that I believe he supernaturally opens up their mind. And the, in the next few verses, you're going to see that Je these are like Jesus, these are his last words. Okay, this is after he died, this is after he came back from the dead. He hung out with his disciples a few more days. He's about to depart, he's about to leave. And this is the, the end, okay, like as far as being with him in person. So Jesus, Jesus is leaving his disciples, and he opens their minds supernaturally. This is the close of a chapter for Jesus here on earth. He had been here for 33 years. He had been, he spent some time with his disciples, and these are the next, we're going to read them here in a second. Last words. Last words are important. I had, a, I had a lady once who said she lost her husband unexpectedly, and she was doing a, a ladies' conference, and I was serving in the back. And uh, she said, don't ever 
leave your house with, with, uh, be, uh, without kissing your wife or your spouse and saying to them, I love you. Don't ever do that. And she had a very personal story. Leah is out of town. She's in Germany visiting a friend. And the last thing, the last thing that I did before she left is give her a kiss and I said, I love you. If I'm on the phone with her and, and you're kind of around, you'll notice that the last thing that I always say to her is, I love you. Why? Because last words matter. Last words matter. And uh, you would agree, right? I'm not coming up with anything weird out there that doesn't make any sense. Uh, usually we have a m meeting on Mondays, um, and when Lee and I leave the house and leave the kids behind, um, our last words are, and you, you don't know what it, so they are? Our last words are, not I love you, no, 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 we don't do that, forget that. Our last words are, don't burn the house down, all right? That's the last thing. Last words are important. It's the last thing that we, it's the last thing that Jesus says, is the thing that matters most, is the thing that he has saved for the end, and he wants them to remember, okay? And so, let's look at it. Verse 46. Do you know, by the way, what was the last thing Jesus said? Here it is, if you can't remember. He told them, this is what is written. So he's quoting scripture, right? The Messiah will suffer. This already happened. He's already died. He's already come back from the dead. But he's, he's quoting scripture. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Some of that hasn't happened yet, all right? Not everybody knew, but, but some of that had happened. And that's why in verse 48, he says, you are witnesses of these things. In other words, you've seen it with your own eyes. This is not like a story that you heard somebody, that, you heard, that they heard from somebody else. No, no, you're eyewitnesses. You understand what I'm talking about. You saw me on the cross. You saw me died. You had lost all hope. And here I come, the third day I, I come back. And so he's hanging out with them. And see, he says, you're witnesses of what's going on. Now pay attention to the next portion where he says, I'm going to send you, he says, verse 49, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. And here's the last words. Okay, here's the last command that he gives them. One of the last things that he says. But, he says, stay. Everybody say, stay. stay. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. That city is Jerusalem, by the way, okay? But stay, stay in the city. Verse 50. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, which Bethany is like a mile and a half. It's like from here to Walmart, okay? It's like just right, just right down the road, okay? He, le he leads them from Jerusalem to Bethany, just, just a little walk, 10-minute walk. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. Verse 51, while he was blessing them, he left them, and he was taken up into heaven. Do you get the picture? I mean, I don't know exactly what that looked like, but I, I have a sort of a picture in my mind. He's taken up into heaven. Verse 52, then they worshiped him. They returned to Jerusalem, which is down the road, right, with great joy. I love that song that we sang earlier. Verse 53, and they, everybody say the word, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising 
God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your love for us. God, thank you for the hope of Christmas. Lord, we surrender the next few minutes to you. Next 18 minutes and 12 seconds, Lord, they're yours. Help us to focus on you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus leaves, right? This is such a big deal that he supernaturally clears their mind. Whatever they're worrying about, whatever the concerns they have, whatever lack of understanding they may not have, he says, done, gone. I want you to get this. What I'm getting ready to tell you is important. Okay, I believe with all of my heart there's a hidden message in these verses for you today. I believe that just like Jesus spoke to his disciples that day, I believe that he's speaking to you today. There's a hidden message that God has for each one of us. You're here for a purpose. Whether you're watching, whether you're listening to this, I believe that there's a specific message that God wants to speak to over your life. You know, the Bible is it's a book of mysteries. And when you study the Bible, like, man, I've been doing this for years, and I still don't understand it. There's parts of it that I still don't. God is a God of mystery. And when you read Scripture, you, you will find out that there are times that God sort of reveals things for people. But there's also times where he conceals things. He'll hide things from you. Even if you're a Jesus follower, he'll say, nope, not the time. And he doesn't let you know. In fact, if you want to dig in a little bit more, write this reference down. Luke chapter 9, verse 45. And you'll, you'll, you'll go down a little path there, and it'll, it'll be fun, okay? <laughs> I don't have the time to go down that path. But um, he reveals sometimes. He conceals sometimes. In this case, he says, stay. Stay in the city. That is the command to them. And the, the word in the Greek is the word kathizo. Now, play, play along with me, okay? Can you, can you say that word with me? Kathizo. Ready? One, two, three. Let's play along. Kathizo. Very good. Hey, man, you guys are good. Kathizo. Say it one more time. Kathizo. It means to, it means to, uh, it just means to settle. It means to kind of become familiar, you know, kind of like if you were, if you were up here, if you were on stage, it would be, it's a little bit different, okay? Like, you know, the lights are bright, uh, it's, it's if you come up here, like, and it would take you a little bit, a, a couple of seconds to kind of become familiar. It's like when you're moving across state lines, you move to a new house, and what do you say? Like, we're just settling, we'll have you over like once we unpack and everything, we're, we're trying to figure out where the doctor's office is. We're trying to become familiar with, with, um, with uh, the, the you know, schools and all of that. That's what the word kathizo means. It means this. It means this. It, it just it means to, to stay, to wait, to hover, to become familiar. And I have an illustration that if it works, you'll never forget. Okay? So you guys, you've seen me, you've, you've seen my little drone um, that I've uh, recently got right before the, the fall fest, and, um, and what I love about this little drone is um, it's, a, it's a nice toy, and I feel like I'm serving Jesus when I fly it, especially videoing for the fall fest. That's the best way to serve, you know, when you serve Jesus and you're having fun, that's a win right there. When Jesus tells his disciples Cathedso, what he's telling them is exactly what I'm about to tell this drone when I want to fly it. 
okay? So what do I do? I basically, uh, I get the remote control, I turn it on, it begins to look for a GPS signal, and then after I power it on, I kind of give it a command, right? The first thing that I do is I, I turn, it turns on the propellers, okay? So I practice this, by the way, so I'm not going to fly it over your head, so you're, you're cool, all right? So relax, okay? Some of you are like, oh, you got to fly that in here? So yeah, I was here on Thursday practicing this, making sure that don't want to cut anybody's heads off. And on, on, on my command, it'll, it'll fly, okay? Now, I have to be careful that I don't mess things up over here. But here's the cool thing about, about this little drone. Can you guys see it? Um, here's the cool thing. It will stay pretty much right there in place until I give it another command. It'll hover, it's got a little battery, it lasts about 30 minutes. It will stay there waiting on my command. Cathizo. So Jesus says to them, I need you to stay. I need you to wait. I need you to, to hover. I need you to hang in there, hang tight. It, it, it's, it's, um, it's John 15, 7, where Jesus says, if you abide in me, I'm using old King James Version, if you abide in me, okay? Another translation puts it like this, if you remain in me, if you stay with me, if you just hang in there, if my words remain in you, you can ask me anything in my name, and boom, it'll be done. If you, so, if you stay. If you wait. And so I want you to get the picture of what's going on. Jesus has been with his disciples for three and a half years, and he's taken off. His presence is being removed from the world. And they, for three and a half years, they've been with him. They've been with Jesus in person. And he's saying, I need you to wait. Go back to the temple. Go back to Jerusalem, the epicenter of religious affairs, right? That's where they worship. Go back. Go back. Go back. And as he's leaving, he says, I want you to stay. Cathizzo. Verse 52. It says they worshiped. Verse 53. Let's put it up on the screen, please. It says they stayed continually at the temple praising God. As Jesus is leaving, they wanted to be as close as possible to whatever the, they felt the presence of God was, which the temple represented that in that day and age. Now, here's the question that I have, for, I have for you. How good are you at staying? How good are you at just being consistent, at being steady, just waiting on Him, just hovering right there, just hanging in there until He gives you the next command. How good are you at staying? Not drifting, because I tend to drift. Not, not getting ahead of myself. Sometimes uh, I want to run the race faster than He's allowed me to run it. Not falling behind. But how good are you at saying, okay, Lord, I want to be in step with you. You say go, I'll go. You say stop, I'll stop. You say stay, I'll stay. You say U-turn, I'll take a U-turn. How good, challenging question, I get it, I get it. How good are you at staying? I believe with all of my heart, and sometimes it takes more faith to stay than to go. It's fun to go. It's exciting to go. Sometimes it takes more grit 
to stay and stick it out than to go. And so why would Jesus, of all the things that he could have said to them, the last thing, he supernaturally opens up their mind and he says, the command, it's not, it's not like, hey, if you think, if you, no, 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 it's a command. Kathitso, it's a command. It's an imperative command. Stay. What do you think? What do you think he says? Stay. Well, we're going to look at it in the next, next verse, verse 49. Let's put it up. I'm going to, I don't want this to become a distraction, so um, I'm going to try to land it. You guys get the point, but here's, here's why he tells them, okay? Verse 49. But stay here in the city until, here's the why, here's the why. Until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from above. You know, Jesus says, he says, I want you to kathitsu. Because when you're going through a season of waiting in life, you're waiting to see what the doctor says. We're waiting to see what happens. You, you have this fear of the unknown. You're in transitions. You're in between relationships. You're in between jobs. You're moving. You're coming. You're having a baby. You know, when God, when you're going through a season of waiting, which is what the disciples were going through, right? Which is what many of you are, are going through or have gone through. Jesus says kathizo to them because he wants them to be close to him. He does not, listen to this, he does not expect you to do something apart from him. He does not expect you to accomplish anything without him. And I'm, I'm sure the disciples, when they heard, when they heard Jesus say kathizo, they're like, what do you mean kathizo? Are you out of your mind? We have been with you for three and a half years. We're ready to go. We have seen you. You died and you came back from the dead. This is not something that we see all the time. We've seen your power. We've seen how you turn the water into wine. We've seen how you heal at a distance. We've seen how you give the blind sight. We've done some of the miracles. What do you mean wait? Are you kidding me? Like now is the time to go. You call us fisher or man, right? Like we're going to go. You're leaving. You're leaving it up to us. It's time to go. What do you mean, Kathitsu? Are you kidding me? But when he tells you, Kathitso, what he's saying is, don't leave without my power. Wait on my power. Because on your own, there's lack. He says, I, I want you to wait until my spirit, you, you're fully equipped. That's what he's saying. The spirit, the Bible teaches us, will lead us, will teach us what God's word is, will help us interpret God's word, gives us direction, gives us wisdom, guidance. Spirit of Almighty God is your authority in your life. John 16, verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will, let's put it on the screen, he will guide you into all truth. He's your guiding presence. He's your sustaining power. Uh, Romans eight twenty six. likewise, the spirit also helps us in our what church in our weaknesses when you're weak good news you're not alone it's a reminder that you need him you're not doing life alone and if you're giving your life to christ you have that spirit 
But it's not so that you can be led for your sake. It's not so that you feel good and you can make decisions and have wisdom. It's so that you can be, the Bible says, a witness. It's so that you can be a mirror of who God is to others. The ultimate purpose of you having the Spirit of God in you is not so that you can make better financial decisions and you can make better family. Those are all good, and yeah, God helps us with those as well. But the ultimate win is when I'm, I'm a mirror for God, of God, and people see in me Christ. And so you're not a teacher. You're not... Um, a businessman or businesswoman you're not just a lawyer or a, a doctor you're not just an engineer you're not just a husband or a wife you you're a child of god on a mission you're on a mission you're plan a you're there's no plan b so let me ask you this what are you going to do this christmas season what are you going to do this christmas season Let me show one last passage, and we'll wrap it up. Acts chapter 1, verse 6, okay? Same author, okay? It's kind of the, uh, the book of Acts is like, like the part, you know, two of the story. Watch this. I'm going to ask our worship team to get in place, okay? We're going to start in verse 6. Let me read the couple of verses right before that. They won't be on the screen, but um, this is right after Jesus died. He came back from the dead. He's about to leave. Same story, just a little bit of a different angle. Same author, okay? Acts 1, 3 through 4, during the, the 40 days after he suffered and died, talking about Jesus, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them, he had to show up to prove to them, in many ways, that he was actually alive, okay? So even them didn't believe at the, when it counted most. But it's okay, we're all human. So, you know, that's why he did it. And you, sh you see his grace and all of that. So Jesus, it says, he talked to them about the kingdom of God, and once, here's the story, once he was eating with them, he commanded them, there it is, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you. Verse 6, let's put it on that. So, no, there you go. Boom. So, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come? Okay, like a kid in a, in a car ride. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Like, are we there? can we go now? Because he's saying, stay, right? Can we go? Is it time? Next verse, verse 7. I know I'm, I'm going a little fast. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. See what I told you earlier? Sometimes God tells you things. Sometimes he hides it from you. Sometimes God will reveal things. Sometimes he'll conceal things. And he's like, you're not supposed to know the time. Just wait. Verse 8. Here's the Why? matters this is, why, this is why you wait this is why you don't give up in life this is why you don't throw in the towel verse 8 but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and here it is and you will be you'll be what witnesses oh pastor that's not what i wanted to hear I wanted to hear a good feel, you know, a message that would just inspire me, a message that would be good for, for my marriage, and a message that would be meaningful for my family. Well, it is, because if we collectively are a force for good, all of those things will help us in turn. We'll live in a better place. You know what I'm saying? But you will be my witnesses. In other words, when, when the time comes, and you hear the bad news, 
and you say, but my God, yes, I went through this, but I've seen the power of him. I'm a witness. That's when you know. That's when you know that you were created for a purpose. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's what we have, church online. That's what we won't judge you. If, you. if you stay home with your family, man, you've had a crazy week. Man, good for you. I'm glad you are tuning in. I'm glad. Even if it's later, it is okay. God sees the heart. Now, don't unplug so much that it's like, you know, a month and you don't, we don't get to see you. We, we want to see you, okay? But you get the point. You'll be witnesses. You're going to tell people all over the world. few verses later, I'm not going to go there, but a few verses down, it says that they went back to the upper room and they stay. It's the same word. They stay. So let me ask you, do you recognize how blessed you are? How fortunate you are? You have the hope of Christ in you. We are the first generation, I believe, that has the capacity Think about this for a moment. We have, technologically speaking, we have the skills. We have the know-how. That we, got. we have the, the mechanics to get the gospel to all of the world with the matter of just getting on your phone and just, just type in a few words. You have that access. You, have, you, have, you can be what Jesus is asking us to be. I love, I love when uh, I see you guys, sometimes you, not everybody does it, but a lot of you, you check in on Facebook. I love that. Like, you, hey, I'm at LifePoint today, check in. I love that. You're, 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 you're telling the world, hey, I am taking a stand. Here's where, I, here's where I'm at. I love when you, I love when you, um, you get on, on social media and you, you take a, a quote or a verse and you said, this is what God is doing in my life. I love that. You're being a witness. I love when, when, um, when you, you, you're sharing the gospel is what you're doing. I love when you, uh, I heard a story. I heard a story a week or two ago. Someone in our church sent a text to one of our communicators. And they met and says, hey, I wanted to meet with you because I know that you're a communicator. And I'm supposed to do this thing with, with family and friends. And there's going to be like 20, 15, 20 people there. And, and I'm going to say a few words. They've asked me to say a few words. And I want to invite them to LifePoint. And I don't know how to do this. I've never done this. And I was just wondering if you could help me kind of just go over the, what, I, what, I've, what I wrote down. I just want to invite them to LifePoint. I love that. You're sharing the gospel. And so... As we close the message, two questions for you. Are you staying where he wants you to stay? Are you waiting on his power? Or are you getting ahead? I, I get ahead all the time, so I'm not, it's not, I'm not pointing fingers. Are you waiting on him? Are you sharing him with others? Let's pray.
God, help us to be like this little drown. Help us to just wait on command. Lord, we have a Christmas service coming up on Wednesday, 6.30. God, help us to invite people. Help us to not let the busyness of the moment um, to distract us from what we were created. Help us to send the personal invite, whether it's a text, a phone call, a lunch appointment. God, we wait for your power. God, come. We pray. In this Christmas season, that's what we're celebrating. God, you here, Emmanuel, God with us. We're not just celebrating somebody's birth. We're celebrating your birth. The God of the universe who was rich in all things, who ends up becoming poor so that we can become rich. And so God, may we do our part, we pray. Challenge us today. Inspire us. Help us to do what you called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand, church.